from the Innsmouth Book Club. Join me and my fellow guide, John Chadwick, as we take you on a fortnightly tour of Innsmouth. We visit places such as the Picture House, the Library and Innsmouth Museum to discuss all aspects of weird fiction, whether it be book, film, music, TV or art. As well as that, we stop over at the Gilman House to have a chat with a resident guest. That includes authors, artists, musicians, in fact, Lovecraftian creatives of all types. You can find our free shows on Patreon, and there you can also sign up as a patron, which brings you bonus content, plus a monthly PDF copy of Innsmouth News, which features articles, author spotlights, all the latest news and reviews, and more. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Innsmouth BC. We hope to see you soon because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Welcome to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Okay. Hey, everyone. It's me, TV Spitzer. It's uh, sometime in January, late January, People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. We've got some stuff for you to listen to. We've got some stuff to talk about. We're going to talk at you. So uh, hang out while Gretchen Brooks, David Heath, and myself, DB Spitzer, chat with you. Uh, as always, to my virtual right, uh, we have Gretchen Brooks and David Heath. How are you two doing this week? Doing warmer. okay. It is much warmer. <laughs> oh, yeah, my goodness. Yeah, yeah uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, much like a lot of uh, America, uh, Portland just pretty much got frozen. It, it snowed, and then it, and then it rained a little bit, and then it just froze into a sheet of ice, which is... What Portland does, and I don't know why anyone is ever surprised by this, but. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, and, 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 and you made it through safely, I take it, then, if, if you're both yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. No, you are talking to my ghost from the bottom of the well. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I watched that last night after I watched Nosferatu again. <laughs> I watch American Ringu, or uh, uh, I think it's just called uh, The Ring. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I, and I was like, going, oh, wow, Naomi Watts looks like one of my aunts. But <laughs> What's the name of the child in um, The American Ring? Yeah. Oh. You must have very oh. attractive aunts. Samara. Oh, yeah, Samara. no, everyone in my family is very attractive. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Samara. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, thought you were talking about the boy, and I'm like, I don't remember. Oh, I'll hear it back <laughs> Whatever. No, no, it's um, Samara, because Sadako is her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I have a mysterious story to tell, which is mm. absolutely not quite. Well, I will tell you the story, and then sure. I will debunk it. So this, we came back. I drove back from uh, from uh, uh, Fan uh, Fan Pro PDX, and I had to stay an extra day at the hotel. And so I drove in, and it wasn't that bad. The roads were cleared, but everything was covered with snow. And I'm going down the small highway, and I look up, and there are I swear, three wolves. They are dancing, and they are jumping, and they are, I swear, smiling. That they are so happy that they are playing in the snow. Oh, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Here's where the truth goes. They had to have been huskies without collars, because we don't have (laughs) wolf sightings like in the last four or five decades in this area. But to me, they were wolves. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show, That's Martin cool. Vavra, he um he has a couple of huskies actually. <laughs> like oh, I, I texted him multiple times. I was like, Are your dogs walking you to the grocery store? Um, can you send them <laughs> to my place? 
Do you got the sled ready? <laughs> right? He was like, they want nice. him. Like, he's, but yeah, he's got a couple of them. Like, really cute huskies. Mm-hmm. Speaking about being wrong with things, when huh. we talk about our subject today for the first part, I will also mm-hmm. share two theories that I had that were wrong. Okay. All right. I don't know. We're talking about. We are. We are talking about Shaft. No, we are talking about Harley Warren. Oh, Harley Warren. Yes, I have two theories about Harley Warren. Uh Well, I will explain why my theories cannot be right. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, no, we're talking about Hartley Warren. We have a middle part, and then we are talking about 1979 Werner Herzog's Nosferatu, one of my favorite vampire this films. This is your of all pick, time. right? Yeah, yeah, this is like my favorite Dracula movie. Oh my gosh, I mean, you guys a- have been picking the good ones this, this season. I'm enjoying this. I so mean, far, everything you, you two have picked up and like, oh, this is so cool. I've, I've watched this forever. Oh, you pick good stuff too, Gretchen. I agree. So, I agree. But yeah. You have expanded my consciousness. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And also uh reminded me of films that I saw in the nineties that I was like, what was that film called again with the with the cat? <laughs> uh, cat it's called house. house. Oh. No, it's called oh. House. But uh, yeah. House here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Last night I was watching, I keep wanting to call it American Ringu. Uh, I was watching The Ring, and I started thinking about how The Ring, um, I, I, I'm not quite sure how, how, how familiar you two are with uh, the internet, uh, YouTube's uh, genre of horror, analog horror. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay, pretty much it's like uh, VHS tapes and stuff that looks like it's going to be like really normal and then it starts veering off into a surreal dark territory is the best way I can describe uh, 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 analog horror. And I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about how The Ring is, is very much analog horror. It's a tape that you find... And then something bad happens. And I started thinking about like how the ring is to videotapes what Dracula is to correspondence, what Frankenstein is to newspapers. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm, I, okay, now I see where you're going with this. Okay, yeah, I mean, yes. because... Ultimately, most of the story of Dracula is correspondence, right? Yes. Each section of it, except for, I think, no, it's all, isn't it pretty much correspondence? It's correspondence in newspapers, and I'm thinking that there's there's newspaper articles in Frankenstein, but I could totally be wrong. It could have just been in Dracula that there's correspondence and that there's there's, there's, uh, newspaper articles. But Mm. that's a trick that Lovecraft uses as well. And I want to say it's like, not only is like Dracula one of the great gothic horrors, it may be one of the first analog horror films or uh, analog horror stories out there. It's like, it's mm. using like if if you're reading a book, like handwriting's a bit more archaic, but also uh, 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 newspaper articles are another way of telling a story. And this is something that Lovecraft did. Uh, in, in, uh, in various does it. Ambrose Bierce does it as well. And it's 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 like thinking about analog horror as something that isn't just like YouTube. It's it's like, you know, um, as soon as the printing press came out, people could have been like telling stories about curses on papyrus. I mean, <laughs> isn't the statement of Randolph Carter kind of an analog horror in that respect then? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. okay. Very Way much to so. Tie things yeah. Back. Yeah, man. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, I just yeah. remember being kind of cracking me up was like there's this uh, moment where he's talking about he's like he's got enough phone cord. This is his portable phone. And I was just like, really, really? This is like this is the first time I've ever heard this like term like in a in a story like this. Yeah. He's got his portable yeah, no. phone with enough wire to get to the center of the earth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. This is a crazy science fiction story that's also a horror story and uses such such radical new terms as like beat it man yeah and it's you know also it's also like one of dang it i go back and forth like do i like the dream stuff the dreamlands i'm not a big fan but the dream cycle i must be because i really enjoyed i enjoyed the story but yeah. i do this get is... confused by all the different carters like yeah. I'm like, which Carter? Is this the weak Carter or is this the cool Carter? Is this the Carter yes. that's like the, like, I don't know which Carter this is. But this I is don't know which one... Carter this is either, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think like, it's the first Carter. This... What's oh, that? I think this is his first appearance. This is Carter's first appearance? I'm pretty sure. It was I written in nineteen. Not the unnameable. I thought the uh the 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 the, the um him and yeah. his buddies sitting sitting around talking That's about the unnameable. And unnameable. Yeah. That was written in nineteen twenty-three. The statement uh -huh. of Randolph Carter was written in nineteen nineteen and published in nineteen twenty. So it is his first appearance. Okay, but I think I thought that the the unnameable was supposed to be like predate this story of like him being a young guy hanging out in new england you know before he goes down to the florida swamp to like dig up old sepatours and stuff like that but you know him and his buddy just like hanging out smoking and, and cigarettes so that, that's possible but what i meant yeah. was that this was the first appearance chronologically oh no no i understood what you meant oh yeah, yeah no, I really like no. this story. I think this is also one of those, again, genre busters or like um, t uh, trope creators because that the idea of the person being on the phone at the other end and then the change that comes over their voice and like they see everything and they are tormented by what they see down there and become something else. Like that feeling and that like, that feels very like, I mean, I know that Lovecraft kind of set some genres, right? And this, I guess, oh, yeah. is one of those. Um, but it's very like, uh, it's it's just a it's super fun and it, it's a short story, and I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. We don't like a Lovecraft that rambles. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a get to the point. It's got the nice like it's got a nice finish, leaves you kind of guessing. And um, apparently, don't they use um, Harley Warren? He comes back again later in other stories. One but not story. Lovecraft. So he he he's mentioned in one other Lovecraft story, and that's through the gates of the Silver Key. Okay. Where he's mentioned, he's gone to, um, uh, the museum. He is used in, or he is mentioned in Brian Lumley stories, but I don't think mm -hmm. he actually comes up as a character. I think mm -hmm. he's just mentioned. And and honestly, I was thinking he's underused. He's public domain, people. Yep, I've Harley I've Warren I've used or Randolph Carter. My understanding both. is both. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Harley uh, Warren. In, in... Dot, I'm dot, sorry, dot. I am not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say I use Harley Warren as a disgraced uh, Miskatonic uh, University professor uh, for I can see for, that. Yeah, uh, uh, for for RPGs and uh, projects like that. But yeah, yeah, no, you can you can use Harley Warren. Harley Warren is is not enough well defined, and there's enough that you don't know about him before and he what disappears. To him, right? Yeah, yeah. And what happens to him after? He's afterwards? kind of the Obi Wan character. Yeah, yeah. He, he's Randolph Carter's Obi Wan. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I yeah, also I, I think that there's also the one other thing about this story that um gosh did I just lose my train of thought I hope not um I liked the again this is the another one of those uh, Lovecraft unreliable narrators yeah yep 
And this is another one of those Lovecraft stories that I see as a short film judge um, often. Yes. Uh, this is a well-loved yes. story. I've seen it told from like um, a film noir perspective. Mm-hmm. I've seen it told from like a um, cave explorers. Like it's it's got a lot of different a lot of different feelings. It's it's vibes with it. It's vague enough that you can do so much with it. yeah, no. Uh, over my 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 twenty plus years of going to the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, it's like, oh yeah, no, this is one of those films that it's it's only got a handful of people. You only ultimately need four people. You need two investigators to sweat Carter, and then you need a Randolph Carter and a Harley Warren, and that's it. That's really, really, really it. And you can do it in a room and outdoors, and that's oh, totally. Like it's 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 one of the easiest ones to film that involves more than two people. Uh, <laughs> the only thing easier would be like the Hound with special effects, but yeah, no, um, or, or 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 the Unnameable. Uh, I, I mean, it's 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 a very very simplistic. Like you could do stage productions of this easily, and you wouldn't need any special effects other than audio. I mean, um, this it's it's a good Lovecraft story. It's a good one. It's and I like that it's a jumping ground for other stuff and like that it's it's such a genre buster that like people oh, yeah. can draw upon it and it's yeah. like there's not it's not super thoughtful it's not super but it's it's well composed there are good aspects of like of great storytelling that um like we know we know and love from him but sure. you know it's a it's nothing like amazing but it's super cool I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, and no, I know it's re- fun. It's, I love the opportunity to reread things before we do this show because it's like it'll be nice and fresh. And because um, oftentimes, like there are so many, so many Lovecraft stories that have um, a very similar vibe that I'll get them mixed up. <laughs> yeah, or or their names sound similar and you get yes. them mixed up. Like, wait a minute, is is the one with Brown Jenkins rats in the wall or right, uh, Dreams know. in the Witch House? Is that the one with? Yeah, no, no, it's. Yeah, no, hold on one second. Um, This is one of those stories that it's easy for people to read. It's short. It's sweet. It's uh, got a beginning, middle, and end. And it's easy to film. I mean, summary. uh, TLDR. But yeah, no, no, it's it's a fun movie. It's, uh, It's a fun story that uh it's it's good for comics it's good for movies i mean i like it and in the unnameable too the statement of randolph carter he's played by gimli yep 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 (laughs) jrg plays uh plays plays uh warren which i thought was pretty cool i thought was very cool actually uh john reese davies big fan of uh ever since indiana jones so yeah so i had some theories are you ready for my theories that were wrong sure so he's from florida all right (laughs) and he is an expert on the incan or the mayan language of nicole right yeah so i thought that this was based on R.H. Barlow, who oh. is well, who um, is from Florida. Yeah, Lovecraft visits him in Florida, and <laughs> he goes on to be one of the experts in um, Mayan codexes. Okay, but I didn't calculate though. Barlow was two when this story was written. Sure. So it couldn't have been Barlow. Uh, apparently, it's based on Samuel Loveman, who yeah. appears in a couple of Lovecraft's dreams. Um, so he's kind of the spiritual guide to Lovecraft's subconscious. Okay. Um, the other thing that I thought is when I first read this, I had a basic understanding of the mythos. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. thought Warren gets it, and so 
I'm giving away the ending of a 104-year-old story here. Um, I thought it was ghouls that got us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lovecraft apparently wrote um, uh, Clark Ashton Smith and says it's the same creature from uh, uh, Smith's uh, beginning entity. Uh, okay. Uh, or, or I mean, I guess that's the name of the creature in the, uh, the Nameless Offspring. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that one. I, I'm not familiar with that one either. But but I thought it was cool because it was underground. And but uh, yeah. apparently, at least Lovecraft writes letters saying it's something else. But he doesn't know Smith for a while, so maybe it was maybe he intentionally left it blank and then added it yeah. uh, after. Um, uh, you know, he started corresponding with Smith. Um, maybe he retconned it from ghouls, but that's what I got out of it. I thought it was ghouls. Yes. I, I, I thought it was ghouls or ghoulish necromancers or something like that. Yeah. But, uh... Cool. Oh, well, those are, those are, those are my Harley Warren theories that are pretty much been smashed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, well... I guess I guess that's a good way to uh, end uh, Harley Warren. Your your theories getting smashed there, uh, Dave. Do we have a middle part for this week that we can talk about? We do. We, we do. do. We <laughs> 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 dot dot dot. It's not quite nailed down, but it will be by the time you, the listeners listen to this. Well, that's good to know. That's all I need to know. Something that the listeners need to know, though, is if they go to the show notes or if they go to pgttcm.com, they can check out the AnyCubic printers that we've got there. Did you know that you can start doing resin printing for under $200? You can get into a really nice 3D printer as well uh, of the resin variety, of the the, the uh, plastic printing uh FDML or I, uh, my brain, I can't. I don't have notes in front of me, but I can tell you. PGTTCM.com. Check out the ad right below the header. Or if you check the show notes, look for the part that says something about printers. And, and you'll find that. All right. Back to the show. This episode is brought to you by California Tea House. California Tea House is a family-owned tea store where you can find some of the world's best loose-leaf tea and organic herbal tea blends. Like a fine wine, there is no comparison between fine loose-leaf and common broken-leaf tea bags. Oh, yeah, no, check them out. Check them out. They have quite a bit of pretty awesome tea collections. I'm a huge fan of their white teas. Uh, They have a tea club that you can join, but, you know, they've got green tea, black tea, white tea, oolong, that uh, robios and herbal tea. They've also got teaware. So check out California Tea House in the show notes. Um, moving on to the next part, just to remind everyone, if you like what you're hearing, like this episode, share it with people, subscribe to the podcast, find us on Facebook. We're under people's guide to the Cthulhu mythos. We're on Twitter. I don't really check Twitter, so it's just kind of the automatic feed. If you just want to listen to us on Twitter for some reason, you can find us on any place, any podcatchers that are out there. Of course, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, the YouTube, where this episode will be. And, uh, yeah. This part of the show doesn't have a theme song. This part of the show doesn't have a theme song, yeah. Dave and D.B. and Gretchen go to the movies. Hopefully next week we'll have a real theme song, yeah. Hey everyone, it's me, D.B. Spitzer. Why is it me? Because I hog the mic. <laughs> and this week we're talking about uh, we're, we're we're talking about uh, Klaus Kinski, who hogs this movie, uh, Nosferatu. <laughs> he doesn't hog the movie. He doesn't hog the movie. 
but oh man when he's on this uh, when he's on the screen it's it's his it's his uh 1979's Nosferatu Werner Herzog what do you two think oh man I loved this I this the, the score is incredible the yes. acting is amazing I mean because first of all you got like the dynamic power of Klaus Kinski who's like crazy pants and then you yes. have um Isabel Ajani who we all love from Possession oh yes. my god like I mean and Bruno Gantz and he's great and um Roland Topor who plays Renfield also fantastic actor However, it's so funny, like, because I didn't know um, in my like research of this, I did not realize there was originally a German version and that the oh, version yeah. that I've seen is the dubbed um, American version. Yeah. And I saw There's like a, I watched version? like a, a like a comparison of like shot for shots. Mm -hmm. There was um, a few things that we missed getting the Americanized version. But other than that. I mean, wow, this movie is beautiful. There's an incredible tableau of like The Last Supper that yes. is just like, I would love to have that tattooed on me. I mean, this wall of like white rats <laughs> and like these people dressed in dark clothing, eating like sumptuous food and like smiling and like, ah, oh, it's just beautiful. Damn. Damn, Werner Herzog. No, no, no. It's, yeah, it's so like they you can pause this. Both versions. They did shoot both versions simultaneously. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is like Spanish Dracula and uh, English Dracula. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or American Dracula, Spanish Dracula for, for yeah, okay, gotcha. Except for they use Klaus for both yeah. Draculas. Yes. yes. All right. Yeah, and, no, I didn't and, know and, if there was an American dub. But, but or, it was created it... at the same time under, under Herzog's hand. Okay, okay. So that cool. said... Herzog is a, a genius, and yes. I don't mean to bring it down, and we'll just say it real quickly. First of all, I'm glad we saw it. Um, Herzog, yes. And where Herzog comes through, it's amazing. The reason that I had never seen this movie before is Kinski. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to He's belittle problematic. this. Yes. I don't, mean, I don't mean to belittle this, but my first experience with Kinski was growing up was in the newspapers as opposed to him in the movie theaters. Yeah. And I hate, and, and I don't want to belittle this and I'm kind of sorry. I regret that I brought it up. No, but that's why I had, and I, I, I I'm glad I watched it, but that's, mm -hmm. I deliberately kind of avoided his movies. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he was, um, I, he was what known for like, uh, uh, sexual assault stuff with this, with young people and his own children. His daughter. Yeah. 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 And one of his daughters, incidentally, it was like a, like a flirtation with like, with, um, uh, what's his head? Um, the one who was in France who won't come to America, Rom oh, Polanski. Yeah. Yeah. When she was 15, she was flirting with him. She said, but like, it's like, it's gross. And you yes. know that, I mean, we can't just like, we don't apologize. We're not apologists for like Lovecraft's um, awfulness. We're not apologists for um, Klaus Kinski either. Yeah. Uh, he's a terrible person in this movie. Yeah. He's incredible, but he's a terrible person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and I will say though, what it made for the movie for me was Herzog. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, definitely. For me, oh, it's, Isabella it's, Johnny, man. Isabella yeah. Johnny's like incredible. What she brings energy wise to her, her films, like she carries so much, like so much. I mean, her Lucy was not a victim, no. was almost like a, almost like a kind of a hero in a she, way. She is. She's the hero. Yeah. So I mean, like for me, I it's the the genius of 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 uh, Werner Herzog and uh, Isabella's work. I mean, they're incredible. Yeah, and and I see, I I feel like Herzog sees the monster that is inside Klaus Kinski. He's worked with the guy long enough, and they fought like physically, verbally, mm -hmm. spiritually. And and like Herzog knows the guy. He hates him and he loves him like a brother. I mean, he doesn't want him around, but he needs him in his movies because there's like no one else who can portray this like 
awfulness. Well, and that being said, like he does play like a very interesting version, like a like a not a penitent, but like a just a very sad and downward like Nosferatu Dracula. Yeah, like vamp uh, like Dracula vampire uh, master of rats kind of like. Yeah. Which it's, I mean, it's, it's another thing like we if we just to touch on light subjects of not good things. I mean, that's what the first Nosferatu movie was very like um anti-semitic and um, yes. like comparison to the Jewish people and uh, yeah. So it's like there's that in the background and then we have like Herzog being this German director. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> so much. Yeah. yeah, such much. But but, but I'm I mean, glad I watched it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's art. Agreed. It's considered an Italian horror film, is it? Technically, yeah. Yeah. No, it was it's <laughs> No, wait. I, I don't oh, want to call it international horror. I was going to say I don't think it's considered a nan or not, but, but I know it grossed a lot in Italy because that's where she's yeah. from. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, no, no, everyone is involved. It's like, I don't know, Holy Roman Empire horror. <laughs> Man, and like those, German. there's so many little things that are so incredible. Like there's a scene where Jonathan Harger is like talking in the castle and behind him are all these little tiny bats. Yes. Like, yeah. I just, there's just so many beautiful, like, thoughtful things and like how that we never really get the full scope of the castle like mm -hmm. it's it's almost like it doesn't exist it's kind of a dream um everything in this entire film has this dreamy quality and like uh Absolutely. it it's so gosh i could just gush on and on about like the stunning choices yeah yeah no no it's so beautiful and like like okay like I, I'll talk about like how Hammer films the the outfits are beautiful, um, but that's also when you put those outfits on like women with uh, large bosoms and gigantic eyes and huge amounts of makeup. Um, um, but like if you put those clothes just on like like anyone, the Hammer film clothes are built for those people. Right. These people felt like they were dressed in period clothes with like um natural lighting sometimes there's some like supernatural lighting here and there like dracula on the floor with the blue light on him or like just things like that but uh otherwise this, this film is very naturalistic and johnny's like beauty is like it's it's the beauty of a painting it's not like this hollywood beauty it's yeah it's like this classic beauty and i keep wanting to say it's like you can pause this movie in various points and it looks like a classic painting yeah absolutely that's what i meant by the tableau of like the people gathered for their last supper during the oh covering the definitely. plague definitely so cool but like the ghost ship coming into the harbor. Uh, I people, love that. That's people right there. walking into into frame. People like like th there's a scene with like children coughing, and I'm like, oh wow, that looks like a Dutch or a, 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 a painting or like something from like one of the uh, uh, you know masters from Prague or whatever. And it just it's it's like everything looks so beautiful. And it's just like, but there's just like awful stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And then things just, just seem to get worse and worse for everyone, but it still looks like naturalistic and beautiful, but like even darker and horrible. And it's not like, it's not like a beautified beauty. It's not like a, a glamorous beauty. It's like uh, a natural it's beauty. A, of, it's like a memento mori, right? Yes. 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 Thank you. So like, I, I, what is I, the word? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that that scene when the Demeter comes into port slowly but surely, under yes. seemingly control, and then it pans up and you have the cap, dead captain lashed to the, um, the, the, the wheel, mm -hmm. is one of the greatest scenes ever. And every other, and you know, every other, including in Dracula, it's um. The ship's beach during a storm. Yeah. And that's because the city that it lands in 
there was a ship that either while Stoker was there, it was called the Dimitri, or right mm-hmm. before, was it a Russian ship that was abandoned and beached? And he's yeah. and I've heard different versions if he saw it or he just talked to people who saw it. And that's what comes in the book. But this yeah. idea that the boat slowly comes into the harbor, almost controlled, that's a lot scarier. Yeah. Right. I thought it was creepier with that whole, because it wasn't like your normal, like, you know, ship harbor. It was like a canal. Yeah. And it yeah. that felt way more dreadful. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, and someone who's familiar with boats, I'm like, no one's running out to throw out like the, the bumpers, as I always call yeah. them. No one's there to like do anything. It's hitting the tree and it's scraping up against the canal. And I'm like, that is not right. That is that is the word. Somebody's got to do something. That's you know how much would you just scraped up there? <laughs> oh right, I bet. But yeah, yeah. Um, and but that. That, that ship is so beautiful. I love all the scenes with the ships and the harbors and stuff. And it's just so beautiful. It's like, as I keep saying, it's like, there's so many shots that just look like classic movies, uh, classic, like, the paintings. Scene with the yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, no. The, the, um, choice of color the choice of outfits the choice of wood like everything is like so many people were involved to make this film and so many people work together and you know it's like herzog's not going to be like yes i chose everything he's like yeah no we all figured it out and then we did it and it looks great and <laughs> then we all slept after it was done yeah. but yeah no um this is one of those vampire films. It's like, th- for me, this is, it feels like, yeah, no, this feels like what it would actually be like to have a vampire in your town. <laughs> it wouldn't be some romantic guy with sunglasses and, a, and and long hair. It would be this creepy, gross weirdo skulking around at night. Well, and it makes me wonder what is Edgar is going to do with this film that, um, you know, like to stand out from it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. it's being it's in production right now, right? I I, I guess so. I guess I think so. it's supposed That's... to come out Christmas this year. Um, yeah. is the the Edgar's um Nosferatu? Okay, all right. So hopefully they'll be really good. Yeah, we'll talk about it then for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but and, and I do like the way that it did sort of change things around mm-hmm. where 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 Jonathan is the victim and, mm-hmm. and instead of Mia, I mean, he even changes it to Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. He flips the names. I think that's Herzog saying, this isn't going to be your daddy's Nosferatu, your daddy's Dracula. Yeah. No, no. And, and I like it. It's, it's like, uh, this is one of the few examples of, I like the remake more than the original in some oh. ways, um, I, I like the color remake better than the black and white original in some ways, but I, I, I hold it in the same regard as its original. Uh, that's mm. how I feel about the 91 Night of the Living Dead and the original Night of the Living Dead. I love the fact, I, I, I mean, I, I, I love how that movie ends just in case, you know, I don't want to spoil it right now, yeah. but it's, it, it feels like this. It's like, yeah, Lucy's the victor in the end. She wasn't the victim, and that's nice. But evil kind of scores a point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, death is inevitable. Exactly, mm-hmm. especially when you got the plague all around you. <laughs> Oh, and FYI, I am terrified of rats. I kind of hate this movie. <laughs> I'm, I, I was just reading that apparently he was like, um, uh, like mistreating the rats. Ugh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's those not rats good. were painted. Yeah, yeah, they died a bunch of rats, and like half of them died from being died. Yeah. 
So yeah, no, I'm 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 not a fan of rats. They creep me out, but I would never buy rats to mistreat them. So, but I don't believe that they intended on mistreating them. It's just it happened. Yeah, I don't want to apologize. (laughs) And that's not what we're doing. Yeah, rats got hurt. Animals got hurt in this. Uh, It's no good. Uh, But yeah. That's why we have better practices now in place. And that's things are slowly getting better in some ways. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. did you know that um that scene where the guy who sticks his foot in the coffin that was that was Werner Herzog? Herzog. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was I was watching that scene. I was like, why would you put your your whole ding ding barefoot in a coffin with rats full of it and not expect it to get bit? Just saying. <laughs> and then I realized that I like looked up later. I was like, just to curious like who that was. And it was like, oh, yeah. this was a cameo from uh, Werner Herzog. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Back so when he I had like facial hair. He would put his foot. In the rats to taste the life, <laughs> or something. Yeah. I, that's my that's my Werner Herzog. You're welcome. I like it. I like it. <laughs> nice. But yeah, All right. I would say, I would say people need to see this film. Um, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how does this rank in vampire films for you? Oh gosh, you know I this is. So the only time I ever this the, the last time I saw this film was um it was playing on a wall at a rave that I was at or like a, they called it a rave <laughs> because it was good. but it was like in the it was in New Orleans and I remember seeing this like playing on the wall and so I didn't really like think about um I didn't I didn't it just didn't really it I had never really dawned on me and then I heard um the score and I was that the score is incredible um, oh yeah. If anybody has any opportunity to check it out is you can just have it as a like a really great like ambient score replaying i i tested this theory myself today um it's on spotify but um it's the by popo vu i believe yeah yes. and i uh i mean I, I i would really rank it up there really high with i love francis Ford coppola's dracula 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 for many reasons mm-hmm. um and i love the thirst and the hunger and um, near dark. And I would say this is up there with that top 10 like vampire films. Oh yeah. yeah I would give it yeah. a three out of four. Yeah. Dark. I think it's a three out of four fangs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, three out of four fangs. I would give it four out of four for people who wanted to get an idea how to direct. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, for me, it's 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 like it gets four fangs if if we're gonna keep going with that, like uh, the costuming, the cinematography, just like the locations that they chose. It's it's such a beautiful film, and like I don't know, I I, I like to see three masted clipper ships in my movies. I love tall boats. Okay. There's just so many things about this movie that I'm like, I love this movie so much. It, you know, except for like certain things about the filming of the movie and people starring it. But I, I, I don't see, I don't see uh, Klaus Kinski. I, I see Dracula. Um, and and that ship, that version of the Demeter was beautiful. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a harder time watching Fritz uh, Fitzcarraldo because that is Klaus Kinski, but I also like watching him get tortured in that movie. <laughs> it's 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 a bit of uh, uh, such much Schadenfreude uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Klaus Kinski uh, with that one, just because the fact that I know that he like it, he he felt that movie was Werner Herzog torturing him. Uh, which it might might have actually been, but <laughs> in uh, the uh, the locals actually uh, got money together and uh, offered to to kill uh, Klaus Kinski for Werner Herzog, and he's like, no, 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 he's he's my friend, he is my brother. Uh, we hate each other and we scream at each other constantly. And yes, he does hit me and threaten me with violence and death constantly. 
but no, I need him to be like this for the film. So save your money, do something useful with it. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. We, we just have another month or two. (laughs) And that's totally paraphrasing stories, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Klaus Kinski, uh, he's he's briefly seen in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly also, so, mm. yeah. I, I think I knew that, but I'm not yeah. sure. I knew anyway. he was in some cowboy movie. Yep. But most importantly about Klaus Kinski is he is dead. He is yep. super dead. So he can't hurt anyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, Werner Herzog is still alive, directing, and most importantly these days, I feel like he's a voice actor. Yeah. Oh, he, 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 he makes he guest carried, appearances. He carried the first part of Mandalorian. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not I like his. Not that it really his, needed being carried, but. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his character in Mandalorian. It was um. Oh yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I I I, I don't want to say that the Mandalorian is the first thing that people really started to like notice Werner Herzog in. But it's 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 like I feel like in the last like five years, that's like people have been like, oh, yeah, he's the guy from the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> people who don't know, but not not cool folks like us. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Werner Herzog. Check out more Werner Herzog. Check out check out more Isabella Abjani. Uh, <laughs> check out more Dracula films. Uh, is there anything we want to suggest this week to people? I haven't really had much watching time. Yeah, yeah. Dave, anything you... I get why a lot of people don't like it, but I really enjoyed Echo. Okay, Um, I haven't had a chance to check that out. And it is really good on the Native American mythology, which literally is only five minutes per episode. But I think the, the spiritualism and... And and I, I and I actually knew some Choctaws that lived on a reservation, mm-hmm. uh, and this was back in the '90s, and I, I think it got a pretty good, just brief glimpse into uh, Choctaw reservation life, mm. and and family. Um, okay. Th- there's definitely some parts that are sort of slow, and the ending is more surreal, spiritual. I don't want to give it out than the type things like Avenger stuff, but I, I enjoyed uh-huh. Echo. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, this week, I want to recommend the video game Conan Exiles. It's a MMO, but you can also not play it online, which I wish more MMOs would do. They can just, like, not have to fight with other people over resources. You can just build your barbarian and smash crocodiles in the face and shoot imps with your arrows and you know i'm I'm, I'm playing oh what's that no no go on and then i'll oh i was gonna say i'm 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 playing a uh oh goodness uh not kushite um um fake egyptian sedite oh no no um 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 gosh i can't remember it was the uh, I can't remember, but yeah, fake Egyptians from uh, Conan. Stygian? Stygian, thank you. Yeah, I'm playing a Stygian uh, worshiper of Set who uh, runs around with a bow shooting everything. And someday I'll, I'll get high enough in uh, uh, Set that I'll be able to shoot snake arrows at people. But if you're that one audience member who's saying, I just would love to experience Conan Exile, but I make my characters walk into walls. If only I had an experience. Well, did you? 2D20. And and I realize it's a discontinued role-playing game. There is an Exile source book that can make your Conan role-playing game more like Exile's the, uh, the video game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was looking at the uh, just like the raw numbers for Conan Exiles, and I was like, it's not a D hundred system. It's something else. Two D twenty. Two D twenty. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. Which is and probably also, the best 
fantasy game out there. No offense to 5e, but yeah, um, it's a shame that it's no longer supported, and you've got to find what copies you can, but uh, I don't even know if you can get the PDFs anymore, Uh, but yeah, um, the 2D20 Conan is probably the best fantasy role-playing game. You can't say out there right now because it's no longer out there, but yeah, it, and the and the exile uh, book, uh, great source book. Oh, cool, good to know, good to know. All right. Well, unless we have anything else to talk about, I think we are done for the episode this week, everyone. Uh, just do we have, and maybe I shouldn't bring this up if we're not looking at it. Do we know what we'll be talking about next week? I do. Oh. I do. We're talking about Herbert West and People Under the Stairs. Oh. Woohoo! Another another pick of mine. <laughs> Is that one yours? I wasn't sure if that was me or not. Oh yeah, I, I mean it, it. It could have been. It, I'll say it's both of ours. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. It's so much fun. Oh boy! Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Hold on to your hats, Twin Peaks. Oh fans. yeah, Big Ed and Nadine <laughs> from Twin Peaks make an appearance in this John Carpenter film. So. Bobby <laughs> and Daddy. Okay. Yep. yep. All right. Um, well, yeah, and also Herbert West. You know. Herbert West. So it's it's gross body parts everywhere. Totally. totally. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, everyone, and have yourselves a good one. Stay squiggly. Keep weird. Uh, you know, I hope you're having a good commute. I hope you're having a good time cleaning your yard. I hope I hope your uh, dinner's going well. Whatever you're doing, make it a great day, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. That was a good episode. Yes. I will get you something Saturday or Sunday. Um, I'm working on Vampires and Comic Books. That is me a lot more research than I thought. So I'll probably just send something just to cover this week, like Mothman uh, or or something. But uh, I'll get you something by the weekend. Oh, I have a question. One, did we already air the episode that we had Martin's interview in? I don't I, think so. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I, I I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I I checked. I don't have it out. I, okay. Because I yeah. he was just asking. Yep. Cool. Yep. I'm I'm a little bit backlogged on episodes. I got an episode from two weeks ago out, and I'm backlogged on a back other ones. But yeah, I'm trying to That's get those right. out. This weekend, my my basement was snowed in for the last mm. week, so I wasn't able to do anything. <laughs> oh man, I bet. I, yeah, I was like, a, this was oh, a hard man. week to get. Oh like, yeah, no, it sucked. It sucked. <laughs> oh, the, the, there's been a year's worth of crisis in the first few weeks. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Well, I will see you all next week. Let me know if you need anything. Okay. Yeah. I will get this out to you. All right. I'll talk to you all later. See you all next week. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye.